0: This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer.
1: What is happening, people? Crossover events. Hello and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris.
0: I'm Stacey Gulo and we're both comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows.
1: And I've never seen Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows.
0: So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go.
1: And this week we watch season four, episode six of both shows, starting with Buffy the Vampire Slayer's Wild at Heart.
0: As well as Gilmore Girls and Affair to Remember. I think these were pretty good.
1: Yeah, I thought they were both pretty good.
0: It's the first week they've both been pretty good in a while, I think.
1: Yeah. Season four didn't start super strong for either show.
0: No, but I think we're getting there. Mm -hmm. It was Halloween, for real.
1: Yeah, we love Halloween. We love dressing up.
0: Mm -hmm. We dressed up twice.
1: We did. We had a big game of Blood in the Clock Tower at our apartment.
0: Mm -hmm. We recycled costumes that we went with like two years ago. Only that year we went as Prue and Paul from The Baking Show. This year I just went as Prue.
1: And I went as Noel, the host.
0: Because you have long hair and you don't have a beard right now. Right. You looked more like Paul before.
1: I did, yeah. You got younger. Yeah. I got younger and taller mm-hmm. and creepier.
0: Just in his life. Yeah. A lot of changes for Brian the last two years.
1: Probably paler. I've been inside a lot this last year and a mm-hmm. half, so I'm mm-hmm. probably equally pale. So that was fun. Uh, we did that for the party.
0: Evil won all the games.
1: Of uh, Blood in the Clock Tower, Yeah. Uh, For those of you that don't know, we're talking about Blood and the Clock Tower. It's a uh, hidden role game where everyone is put on a team, good or evil, and they don't know who's on what team. Well, evil all knows who their teammates are, but good doesn't. And you're trying to deduce who's evil before all the good team dies.
0: Yeah, but evil always won. And, like, very well. Yeah. Very deceptive evil people. Yeah, I kicked ass. Uh, You were the the devil one time.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, And then we went to Manhattan for actual Halloween and just, like, kind of walked around and hung out with friends looking at other people's costumes.
0: Yeah, there's this big parade, which we kind of saw, but, like, just walking around that area, you see all kinds of costumes.
1: And we also dressed like Dragon Ball Z characters because you love me and I thought it'd be fun.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: We went as the Androids, 17 and 18.
0: I wore crazy blue contacts both nights. Yeah? I don't have blue eyes.
1: But you did those nights. Mm -hmm. It was fun. It's fun to get recognized by people. I like it. And people liked our costumes. Yeah. I don't know how many times we got in the subway and someone would stare at us for like a little bit and it was like, what's going to happen? And then they'd be like, I like it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cool, cool.
0: What's the coolest costume we saw?
1: Besides ours? Yeah. I don't know. There was a pretty good freakazoid. I
0: don't know what that is, but I remember you saying that. We saw that.
1: Yeah, I think he had roller skates on too, so he was like moving fast. That was cool. There was a lot of squid games. I feel like people saw that and they're like, God, I,
0: why is it? I feel like
1: it's so weird. I would never want to dress as like the costume everyone's dressing as.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's
1: nothing wrong with it. If you wanted to do it, go for it. I just, to me, it's like, in my head, I'm like, well, everyone's dressed like that. I won't stand out.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe also, some people don't like to stand out.
1: Uh, yeah, okay, sure. That's possible. Yeah.
0: We also saw a lot of Chucky's. Yeah. There's a Chucky TV show coming out, I
1: think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I
0: forgot about that. That's probably why.
1: Also a lot of jokers.
0: Yeah, a lot of jokers. A lot of devils. Devil was kind of a go-to.
1: Yeah, devil's been around for a while.
0: Mm -hmm. He had a good year. (laughs) We have a five-star review. Awesome. Thank you so much to R.B. Austin.
1: Thank you, R.B. Austin. We also had some great wine, I feel like, with Buffy. And Gilmore. Yes.
0: We didn't slam it all during Buffy. No, we didn't. Yeah, it's a 2020 Passarola red blend from Portugal, named for the imaginative balloon ship invented in 1709 by a priest in Lisbon. Oh, okay. The wine described itself as whimsical. And I got to say, it was pretty whimsical.
1: Yeah, I felt pretty whimsical.
0: Much like Kirk's mailboxes. Mm-hmm. You can drink wine with us too through our partnership through Wink.com. And right now, through our partnership with Wink.com, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, through Thanksgiving Day, wine is even cheaper right now. You can get four bottles of wine for twenty four ninety five plus free shipping. That's $5 cheaper than normal. That's like a little over $6 a bottle for very good wine. Yeah. So now's the time to take advantage of our partnership, if you haven't already.
1: So maybe it's time to get down to business, because this week we watched two good episodes, starting with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Stacey, can you tell us what happened in this week's episode, Wild at Heart?
0: Okay, so this episode is about Oz dealing with his werewolf instincts, and how being a werewolf affects him as a person, and his relationship with Willow. And Giles is maybe having a midlife crisis? Mm Mm-hmm. So it opens with Buffy letting a vampire chase her through campus to get him away from people, I think, so she can like fight him privately. Yeah. She's just full of sassy quips. He doesn't care about her final blow pun, though. And frankly, she's pretty bored to just have this one boring vampire to deal with. So then she, like, prays to the forces of darkness for a bigger challenge. It's kind of weird. Just take what you get, Buffy. (laughs) Don't have to work so hard. That's great. But well, 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 who's spying on her? It's Spike. And he's like, oh, be careful what you wish for, baby. The big bad is back. But he's not. He's immediately tased and carried away by those mysterious ninja people we've been seeing all season.
1: And not seen again for the rest of the episode.
0: Yes, that's it for Spike this episode. See you next time. The gang is all hanging out at the bronze. They all agree that the bronze is great and it's their predictable old safe space but it's much more fun now that they're in college. And then Giles drops by, MBD, just one of the kids. They're all uncomfortable with this, and Xander should be, because Giles is sitting so close to him, like couple close.
1: What is Xander wearing, by the way? It's got some weird, like...
0: Yeah, it's like roughly inside or something. Yeah, what? It was honestly hard to tell where Xander's arms ended and Giles began. Yeah. They were so close together. Yeah. They eventually agree that it's fine that Giles is here since he at least at one point in time in his life had good taste in music.
1: I like that Oz says that because we did see him looking at the collection earlier so it was a nice callback.
0: Mm-hmm. And Willow says, well, I think it's brave that you're here. Yeah. And then Veruca starts singing. Remember Veruca, the woman Oz has been entranced with?
1: Well, some other woman sings, and the woman who plays Veruca is lip-syncing. Yes. I think, right? Do we know? We didn't look it up.
0: Yeah, I kind of don't like her voice, actually, but I, I think what's happening is the actress isn't the one actually singing. And her mouth movements, like, don't really match up with the audio, and it just looks weird.
1: It does look weird.
0: Well, Oz is still entranced with her. Willow's not a fan of this. Xander and Giles are maybe also entranced by her? The show only goes into why Oz is, but maybe Xander and Giles just find her sexy? I don't know.
1: And they might just be into the music, too. It's hard yeah, to
0: say. I was like, oh, ok. She just like cast a spell on all men, but that doesn't seem to be where this was going. And we'll never know the next morning. Willow has spent the night at Oz's place. They're snuggling in bed, and she's having like, a nonsense nightmare. Oz tries to tell her it's just a dream. This is like a sweet little scene. I don't know. I just think their chemistry is really cute and believable. Mm-hmm. She starts pretending she's still having a nightmare and it makes it clear she's very dtF, yeah, but she can't right now because she's got to go to class and o o t. Off to what?
1: Out of time. <laughs> She's yes. gotta go. She's DTF O O T.
0: But Oz can't F tonight because he's got werewolf plans and Will's got witch plans, so like
1: they're both busy with WP's, yeah.
0: Right. They're just like super sad that they can't be together the next three nights, but other than this whole him being attracted to another woman thing, their relationship seems to be going pretty great. At lunch, Oz goes to sit with Veruca, who's having a big old lunch, which Oz points out, which is maybe weird to be like, oh, you look to eat, little girl. (laughs) Just like, but they both agree they hate women who watch what they eat, I guess. I don't know. It's still a weird comment. Yeah. Oz is expecting Willow. And of course she shows up. But as soon as she does, it's just like super awkward. Like they're trying to talk about amps and Willow just cannot keep up and totally embarrasses herself. And then Oz is just like, gotta go. That's so weird that he just leaves her with Veruca. I'm not sure if he knows that Willow is uncomfortable with the way he is around Ruka. Like, maybe she hasn't expressed that to him at all. But if he's going to go, he should be like, Willow, we should go.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
0: super weird to just leave her with this girl she doesn't know or, like, have anything in common with Mm -hmm. or like. Yep. When he and Willow were, like, planning to meet up for lunch. I don't know. He's going through some shit.
1: I love that Willow in this scene, like, when Buffy shows up is like, why didn't you tell him my shirt looks like a cake?
0: Yeah, Veruca's gotta go too But first she's like, by the way, your shirt sucks At least, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how Willow takes it Veruca actually just said good shirt Like, she might have actually liked it But somehow this comment made Willow finally self-aware that her clothes are weird Yeah But yeah, Buffy pops in and Willow expresses her concerns about Oz being attracted to Veruca And Buffy's like, it's normal for guys to be attracted to other women Remember when Angel seemed attracted to Faith and everything was fine And then we broke up and he moved away? You'll be fine, doesn't mean anything <laughs> Oz isn't the type to stray Buffy, by the way, is smart again this week.
1: Yeah, I know, right?
0: Professor Walsh, who has never once liked Buffy, is now very proud of her for her latest assignment and wants her to lead a discussion group? Sure. Is this going to matter at some point? I'm not really sure why this was a plot point other than it gave her a reason to, like, talk to her once in the show.
1: I think it was just to have her in the show so that we could see Professor Walsh do something later and it wasn't like, who's this again? Yeah. And also to be like, hey, we can like Buffy. She's not dumb.
0: This week? (laughs) Yeah. So Oz goes to his little cage. He has a huge cage now in, like, a graveyard basement, sort of an abandoned downstairs mausoleum. It's really not hidden or very secure from vampires or hoodlums, but I guess once he's a werewolf, people aren't going to, like, mess with him. Right. But whoever built this cage did a bad, bad job, because he breaks out of it, like, immediately after he turns werewolf. Yeah, like, right away. Like, did... Yeah. Come was this on. the first month using it? Yeah. <laughs> like, no one tested the locks?
1: But also, like, theoretically, Willow was supposed to be on the other side of that watching him. Yeah. And, like, he could have killed her. Yeah. I think the only thing you could argue is that he's, like, especially amped up because he can smell Varuga,
0: And they were talking about amps. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So he's on the loose, and he makes his way to campus where he attacks Professor Walsh. But there's another werewolf with beautiful long hair.
1: I kind of hate how they look. I know. Especially her hair. I think it looks so dumb.
0: Yeah, I was like, she has long hair because she's a girl? Is that what's up? But, like, she doesn't have that long of hair either.
1: (laughs) I know. It's it's so weird. It's such a weird choice. It was just like, just so you guys know, she's the girl werewolf.
0: (laughs) Just make her a different color. Just
1: put a bow in her hair. Dress. Yeah, like Ms. (laughs) Pac-Man.
0: But yeah, I feel like they look worse than they have in the past.
1: Well, I think that the honestly, the werewolf costuming has never looked good in this show. Okay. And when you say they look worse than they have in the past, that's true, but also like the first time we see Oz, he looks real bad.
0: Yeah. But when the werewolves see each other, they don't attack Professor Walsh anymore. They just kind of wrestle. And then wrestling turns to sex, night turns to morning, and the long-haired vampire turns into Veruca.
1: Medium-haired woman. <laughs>
0: Oz is like, oh, man, what have I done? Like, he doesn't super remember, but he knows. He knows what happened.
1: Well, I mean, she pretty much lays it out for him.
0: Yeah, she keeps kissing his arm and shit. They're, like, naked and spooning in the woods.
1: Covered in scratches.
0: Yeah. It seemed like a good time. She's like, you knew what I was. You could tell from the first time you saw me. He doesn't want to talk about it. They break into, like, the laundry room of a dorm and steal some clothes because they're naked. And Oz is like, oh, man, how did we get out of our cages? And she's like, pfft cages. We're werewolves. Who's got you convinced you need to be in a cage? He's like, no, no, I want to be caged. I don't want to hurt anybody. That's not who I am. And it seems like she's maybe been a werewolf longer than him. Because she's like, no, you're you're a wolf now. It's like always part of you. The humanity is the disguise. And she kind of wants to help him. Well, she wants to have sex with him, but she seems to want to help him like learn how to embrace the inner wolf.
1: By the way, not to interrupt you, but I think we need to turn our radiator off. I don't know if you guys can hear it or if you thought we had a ghost. Is it on? Mm-hmm. You turned it on? I did. I was um, cool.
0: Okay. Well.
1: Oh, it was a ghost. My bad.
0: <laughs> That's why you were cold. Yeah. Well, we banished it.
1: It's pretty easy. We watched that episode of Angel, and they just tell you how to do it. Yeah.
0: But anyway, yeah, she wants to help him, like, learn how powerful and alive and free being a werewolf can make you. And, yeah, mostly just have sex again, I think, but...
1: She also can remember when she was a werewolf. Which yeah. She can't. And she says, like, the longer you're a werewolf, like, the better at remembering stuff you will be.
0: Do you want to go turn off the pipe in the kitchen that we can't control? Yeah. <laughs> Our heat turned on for the first time last night. Not ever, but we have like no control over the radiators. The building doesn't. It's about time they turned on. It was getting cold, but we forgot they're loud. So enjoy. But He's like, no, this isn't a thing. We aren't a thing. And I don't want to kill people. I just want to keep doing things my way. Gotta go, bitch.
1: That sounds so much like us. (laughs) That ain't a thing. This ain't a thing.
0: He says like two words. I have to (laughs) add flair. Professor Walsh is walking down the hallway telling Riley about the wild dogs that are attacked her last night. She says she thought they looked like gorillas, which they do, because they're humans in suits.
1: This scene bothers me, and we'll talk about it later.
0: Okay. Well, anyway, Buffy pops by to ask a question about whatever assignment she's supposed to do, I'm sure, and she overhears this. What more do you want to talk about? I mean, like, the we'll, scene, pretty much.
1: We'll talk about it in, like, two or three podcasts.
0: Oh, so Professor Walsh is coming back, hmm?
1: No, she dies in this episode. Okay. Yeah, it's off screen.
0: No, she doesn't. She's obviously important. I'm 90% sure she's going to be involved with whatever these people capturing Spike mm. are. I bet they're going to, like, capture vampires and try to, like, psychologize them. That's what happening.
1: Psychologize them?
0: Yep, they're trying to revamp vampires into being good people, and Spike's going to be good. That's okay. what's going to happen.
1: Well, okay, we'll let's see what happens.
0: Okay. Willow drops by Oz's place in cool new clothes because of that mean comment that Faruka made, which wasn't really a mean comment, but Willow twisted it into one. She's wearing these sort of like metallic silver pants. I think I had these pants. Wear them. I used them mostly for costume stuff because they're very silly. I wore them to like high school dances. And then I used them when one of my friends had to dress up as the Tin Man. And then one time when we went home, I brought them back to New York and I took them out of the bag and they had just like crumbled. (laughs) They're just like plastic, whatever, stuck onto fabric. They're not expensive, Hmm. but they had just like disintegrated.
1: Did like a fairy godmother make it for you and it just like went past its expiration time?
0: Yeah, which was like 15 years.
1: She's pretty good at what she does. Your shoes probably have another two or three months before they turn into a pumpkin.
0: I don't know where stores are. But Willow is 100% there for sex. And Oz is 100% not DTF at this time. He's like in his head about what happened. Is he basically just cheated on Willow and still processing that. So he kind of lies and says that he didn't get any sleep, which is maybe true, but probably not the reason he doesn't want to have sex. So Willow's upset and leaves.
1: Probably cuz his dick smells like werewolf. It could be. Can I say that on the podcast? No.
0: <laughs> We'd had a lengthy conversation about vampire cum, but I don't know that you can talk about werewolf vagina.
1: Yeah. You're right.
0: You didn't even say vagina. You just said werewolf smell.
1: I meant werewolf vagina smell.
0: <laughs> I I figured. Thing? You just rubbed his dick on her back. Oz is into some weird shit.
1: Okay, you don't remember stuff when you're a werewolf.
0: We made this way more graphic than it needed to be. Oh, uh, I've got charts. 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 Charts.
1: I have the charts right now. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: don't make I- me laugh. I thought that was the ghost. Meanwhile, Giles is at home cursing out the idiots on knock off Jeopardy. It's funny because it's clearly Jeopardy. They even have like a little song that's very similar, but mm-hmm. they clearly changed it because they can't just play Jeopardy. Buffy drops by. He seems very excited to see another human. He's maybe unshaven. It's hard to tell. Might have been a slight five o'clock shadow.
1: Five o'clock?
0: Yeah, I messed up and just went with it. Much like Digger has a five o'clock shadow. I don't know if Giles did. They don't really address this in this episode, but as I've alluded to, I'm not sure Giles is like, okay. Mhm. Maybe that's going somewhere. Like he's very hopeful that something supernatural is happening. Right. <laughs> Which I guess is kind of his jam, but like generally that means not good nubs.
1: I mean, I think he's looking for purpose right now.
0: Right. By the way, not good nubs is a very inside joke. Yeah. It just means not good. Nubs. <laughs> <laughs> it's from I'll post it in the description. It's from a very funny sketch where they're listing a bunch of like alternative Snacks for like Hostess Cupcakes brand. Not good nubs. Buffy tells Giles what Professor Walsh said and, you know, obviously assumes one of these two wild dogs is likely Oz, but who's the other one? Hmm. Willow is going to visit Xander, who's withholding rent from his mom because she won't let him put a lock on his door? That is kind of fucked up. Yeah, that's weird. He's paying rent and he's an adult. Willow wants Xander's advice about what it means that Oz doesn't want to have sex with her and is maybe interested in another woman. But he's like, just talk to Oz. You'll both feel better. He's maybe just being weird because you're being weird. Buffy has gone to visit Oz in his cage where he's re-welding the lock. How did she know he'd be there? It's not at sunset.
1: That's a good point. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I guess that is a place that she would check if she can't find him.
0: Yeah, maybe his house and then there.
1: She might have also gone to be like, is the cage broken?
0: Right, She mentions the other werewolf. He's like, huh, weird. Don't know what you're talking about. And then
1: Buffy smells his dick. And she's like, that smells like a werewolf vagina.
0: Yeah, that that was in the show. (laughs) No, Buffy kind of mentions that she might have to be uh, hunting this other werewolf tonight. So Oz goes home to think about what he should do. He lands on calling Veruca and inviting her to his cage at Sunset. He insists it's just to protect the people from them, but there are probably other ways around this.
1: Yeah, this is complicated, right? This is the real crux of did Oz do a bad
0: thing, right? Right. The sun's going down, so I think their animal instincts are starting to take over. But even before they do, he pulls her into the cage and they just start going to town on each other, quickly becoming werewolves, but it was a gray area where he was still Oz and made a choice. The next morning, Willow comes bouncing down into the cage basement with donuts or whatever, and there are Oz and Veruca just spooning naked on the ground.
1: It's funny because both times they've woken up naked, she's behind him, and it's probably not the way that they would have fallen asleep, I guess. But, like, they clearly want to, like, hide her naked body. Sure. Especially the first time they wake up. She, like, awkwardly is positioned behind him so that her boobs don't show.
0: Yeah. Willow's upset. To be fair... And which Oz will later point out, he's been there. He's walked down into a basement where Willow and another man were together, just Mm -hmm. like this. Mm -hmm. Xander, remember? Yeah, I remember. I know you remember. I don't know if they remember. Do you guys remember? Well, wait. He tries to explain himself that he had to do this or she would hurt people. He says he didn't have a choice, but Willow's like, he kind of did. Like, he probably didn't have enough time to build another cage. But he could have told Buffy. He could have told Giles. Giles is doing literally nothing right now. Like, they probably could have figured something out. Even yeah. if that was, like, just, Giles, come shoot her with the tranquilizer gun at sunset.
1: Yeah, but she's also got to be, like, willing to let them tranquilize her. Does she? Yeah, I mean, I guess they could just find her and shoot her with a tranquilizer dart. That's true. Like, as a human.
0: Or, like, be waiting under the stairs and shoot her as soon as she turns so Oz doesn't have sex with her.
1: Yeah. In the same token that is still, like, offering possibilities of her escaping and hurting someone.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I know, but that's just my first idea, which is an alternative to what happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this really is complicated because Buffy said that he's not the kind of guy to stray, and I think that he's not. I do think that his animal instincts did want him to have sex with Veruca. Like, his, like, wolf side was like, yeah, we want this. hmm But also, he had a deadline. Like, the sun was going down. So there was that, like, what do I do? What do I do? If I tell Buffy, Buffy might kill Veruca. Veruca might kill Buffy or, like, escape. Buffy might not catch her. There's, like, a million things that could happen.
0: Yeah, it's complicated.
1: But maybe he had those thoughts, but the part of his brain that's like, or oh, we could just spend the night in my cage That's the easiest solution that solves all the problems and we get to have sex with her probably is what pushed him to do that, I'm guessing.
0: Yeah. And this is where Oz tells Willow that he knows how it feels. And she's like, oh, so this is payback? And she says "This doesn't compare to what she did with Xander. And it's complicated because, yeah, they move past that. And I don't think he's, like, actively trying to get back at Willow. And we're talking, like, sex versus making out. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, they were making out as if they might have sex, Xander and Willow.
1: and they had had a relationship. they'd had several make out sessions.
0: Yes, she was like hiding an ongoing thing where they were getting closer and closer. yeah. and this with Oz has only been like a day and it's like somewhat out of control where Willow like could have stopped her thing so it it is it's not that different. I don't it's very different, but like I, I don't know that Willow's thing is like less bad.
1: They did have sex. That is different. I know what you said is all true, but I feel like the line was crossed.
0: Yeah. I think actually, too, now Willow and Oz have a more serious relationship Mm -hmm. than they did then. So that's, I don't know, it's more sacred. But he tries to say it's the wolf's fault. And Willow's like, yeah, but even when you weren't the wolf, you had the instincts to fuck this woman. It's a lot to process for everyone. So Willow handles this by walking out in front of a car. Riley just happens to be there to save her. He happens to be a lot of places. Was she trying to kill herself, or was she really just, like, out of it?
1: I think she was just out of it.
0: She, like, sees the car and then kind of just keeps looking at it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, Riley's line would suggest she was doing it on purpose, but I feel like, I don't know.
0: So Buffy takes Willow home, and Riley kind of just stares after them. Later, he says. He doesn't say that, but he's always staring after Buffy, thinking, one day, Buffy, one day.
1: Riley's huge, right? I know Sarah Michelle Gellar is small, but she just seems like a hulking dude.
0: Maybe. So Buffy's tucking Willow in. She's off to stop Veruca before sunset. First, she makes sure Willow's okay and isn't going to try hurting herself. She tells her she loves her. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Willow doesn't say it back, though. It's kind of rude. But before Buffy leaves, she tells Willow to put the blame where it belongs, which Willow takes to mean put some kind of spell on Veruca and Oz. So she opens her little chest of dark and dangerous items and then goes to some random chemistry lab and starts doing a spell. She's about to do something bad to Oz using a photo, but she can't. She stops. She loves him so much and, like, pauses the spell. Beakers break. And uh oh, Veruca's been standing behind her for a while now. Uh oh, the sun is setting. Meanwhile, Oz is helping. Oh, no
1: uh oh, it's just two?
0: Yeah, that's it. Okay. Everything else is fine. Great. Meanwhile, Oz is helping Buffy track Veruca with her scent. Mm-hmm. You changed the meaning of that. <laughs> He's got his dick out. They're both smelling it. Buffy's not that weirded out by it.
1: It's they- just a job. <laughs>
0: Giles shows up. He's like, I understand what I must do.
1: <laughs>
0: no, he's he's home watching Wheel of Fortune. Knockoff. Yeah. <laughs> it's called <laughs> Spinning Sphere <Fortune>. of Money.
1: <laughs> Sphere of Money.
0: They find some of her clothes, but they realize that this was just a trick to lure them into the woods so that Veruca could go kill Willow, who she somehow knew would be in the chemistry lab.
1: I mean, I think she sniffed her and found her that way.
0: Because she was on Oz's dick? Yeah. That's how she got her scent? Mm-hmm. Oz needs to take a shower. Take
1: a shower, Oz. Jeez, man.
0: But Buffy runs into some of those ninja people. I don't know if they're ninjas. That's they what I commandos called them originally, so I'm sticking with it.
1: There's very little ninja about them.
0: They kind of run into each other and fall, and he tries to take her tranquilizer gun, so she's got to like, fight him a bit. It doesn't seem like he's trying to hurt her. He just wants her gun for some reason. Well,
1: he drops his gun. I think he thinks her gun is his gun.
0: Okay. Okay. This all just like mostly slows her down because she gets up, gets her gun, he doesn't follow her. But luckily Oz didn't run into these people and he makes it to the chemistry lab just in time to stop Ruka from killing Willow. He's like, leave her alone. She's like, why? She's the one keeping you from being who you truly are. And then they both just go full blownsies Wolvesies.
1: They go half blownsies Wolvesies first, Mm -hmm. which is a little weird because they fight with like half their makeup on for a little bit. Then they go full blownsies.
0: Yes. They turn by awkwardly stepping in front of a green screen. Like Oz is there starting to turn and then she just like kind of comes into the shot. And You can just tell by like the background that something's about to happen with CGI. It's
1: that Scooby-Doo effect.
0: Like her eye line is not in the right place at all. It looks very weird. I was like thinking the mayor was going to show up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> of the bad CGI yeah
0: and then they fight these werewolves look bad uh, but they fight and then werewolf Oz choose werewolf Veruca's neck open
1: she says something like we kill people it's what we do or something like that and then he kills her
0: I think he maybe says that
1: I think he repeats what she yeah
0: says. he like confirms like yeah I'm about to kill you bitch Now, I'm wondering, like, when he turned werewolf, Mm -hmm. does he still remember that he wants to kill this woman? Because he claims to have no memory or control once he changes. So it's seeming like it's starting to mesh a bit.
1: Yeah, is it meshing? I mean, he started fighting her right before he turned. So maybe, like, werewolf is like, we're fighting this person hard. Right. So we're going to finish it.
0: Because when he's done with her, he, like, goes to attack Willow. Even though a minute ago, he was, like, killing Veruca to defend Willow. But now he's, like, still an animal that wants to eat whoever. But Buffy shows up just in time and tranks Oz. Buffy's at Giles' place, letting him know how big of a mess Willow is and about the military guy she keeps seeing. But Buffy's really worried about Willow and doesn't know how she and Oz are going to deal with this, is the takeaway from the scene. Yeah. It is really traumatic. Like, not only did he cheat, but then he proved he loved her in a big way by, like, killing the woman he cheated with. Yeah. But then she also, like, watched him maul someone. It's just a lot to digest in a short period of time.
1: Yeah, you turned to me and you were like, yeah, if you did that, I don't know. I don't know what I could do. I'd be, like, pretty freaked out by you. But I was like, yeah, but if I had to mull someone to death to save you, like, I'd be freaked out, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're freaked out.
1: People are freaked.
0: They break up, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So Willow goes to visit Oz at his place, and he's packing. He's going somewhere. He doesn't care what Willow wants. He's just got to go be alone and figure out where the man ends and the wolf begins. Where Xander's arms end and Giles' arms begin. (laughs) A lot to think about. Willow's like, but don't you love me? And he says his whole life he's never loved anything else. Great acting by Allison in this episode. Mm -hmm. But Seth too, like really great in this episode. He even shows a little emotion in this moment.
1: Great tears by Allison Hannigan.
0: Yeah, it felt real. I'm sad. I don't want us to go.
1: Here he goes.
0: And it's sad to basically watch them break up over something that they can't really control. Like, they want to be together. He doesn't want to leave her. Right. Until Veruca started singing that night, they were fine. Mm-hmm. So he goes to his van. She's still just crying in his apartment. He turns the van on and then turns it off, kind of reconsidering for a second. I thought he might come back. I thought he might turn it back on, which he does. He drives away. So it's, it's sad. It's a very sad one. hmm That's it.
1: That's the whole episode. Yeah. Never found out what happened to Spike. And we never do. He's dead now. No. He doesn't come back. He does. The thumbnail you saw of the next two episodes, Hulu.
0: He's in so many thumbnails.
1: Have nothing to do with reality.
0: So, Brian, was this a good one? Yeah,
1: I think it was a good one. Obviously, there's things that weren't great, like the makeup for the werewolves wasn't great. But yeah, I thought it was fun. It was funny, and it was like emotional. And a lot of times, Buffy doesn't always hit home with the emotions, but I feel like this one did.
0: It wasn't that funny. Giles was kind of funny.
1: You're right. It wasn't a particularly funny episode of of the show. But I do think it was a good one. I think it hit on an emotional level pretty well.
0: Yeah, it was kind of cool that it was mostly one story. Like, usually there's a bit of a B story and there kind of wasn't at all.
1: Yeah, and I also like that we're finally like, yeah, Oz is a werewolf. We should talk about that sometimes. Like, we rarely touch on it, I feel like.
0: Yeah. Like, there's seeds of, I'm assuming, what the big bad of the season is with the Spike stuff. And seeds of maybe something happening with Giles. But other than that, it was pretty much all this, this Oz and Willow story. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was very compelling and sad. Well acted. Yeah. But sad.
1: Mm-hmm. Anything else? No, I don't think so. I think you summed it up pretty nicely.
0: Thank you. And now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile, Meanwhile on Charmed. Uncharmed.
1: Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us has ever seen.
0: But we're discussing it anyway.
1: Based only on its IMDb summaries, Stacy, what happened this week on Charmed?
0: Meanwhile Uncharmed, Season 4, Episode 6, A Night to Remember, Night with a K. Paige casts a spell that brings back a prince from one of her past lives into the 21st century. Her past, evil in parentheses, self, follows and trouble ensues.
1: Okay, so in the past, she was evil.
0: She has more than one past.
1: So is this past her the same one from that timeline where her lo- that she's bringing the lover back to- from? The prince?
0: I would assume so, yeah.
1: Maybe she wasn't in love with the prince. I guess it doesn't say that she's in love, right? So she just knew. I bet in the past she kills this prince, and like she's looking back on that life now and being like, oh, I shouldn't have killed that prince. That dude was cool. You know what? I'll just go back when he was supposed to die, grab him, bring him to the 21st century, and then I can just explain to him, like, hey, you can live here now. For all intents and purposes, you died, so it doesn't affect the timeline. And he'll be like, what? Cars or what? But evil her follows her to the future.
0: Yeah, so then she's got to explain to her sisters that she's messed up again and brought back a a second her.
1: You know what's dumb? I bet in the show, and this is in all seriousness, I bet in the show they have her play her old self too.
0: Yeah, why wouldn't they?
1: Because you wouldn't ever look like your previous self in a previous life.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah, but you're right. She definitely
1: 100% the actress played the same character.
0: Yeah, with like a stupid pointy hat and like a blonde wig. Like a witch? I was thinking, like, one of those, like, cone hats. I guess she wasn't, like, royalty, but I bet she was wearing, like, a pointy hat with, like, a flowy thing coming off the tip.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's what she was wearing. Yeah. I bet they did some green screen stuff with this episode, and Evil Paige is all like, oh, what are telephones? Those are cool. What are TVs? That's interesting. Yeah,
0: she keeps finding ways to make those things evil. Like,
1: Yeah,
0: like, she prank calls a bunch of people. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, and then there's this like, big showdown where Paige is like, I've got to kill you or send you back. And evil Paige is like, no, no, no. I can stay here. And instead, I could just like make bad phone calls to people.
0: And Paige thinks about it because she's got some people she wants to make bad phone oh, calls yeah. to. Oh, yeah.
1: But Paige is like, no, we got to respect the timeline. So she kills her. Yeah. She sends her back.
0: Yeah, she sends her back. But as soon as she gets sent back, she gets staked in the heart.
1: Yeah. By Oz. Yes. In the master's factory. Yeah. Yeah. And what's sad is that Paige like makes a deal with her like I'm gonna send you back but Paige knows how she dies because she is her. Oh yeah. She's like I'm gonna send you back I promise I'm not gonna kill you but Paige is like alright well, I'll go back.
0: It's unclear how the Master's Factory was in this like medieval mm-hmm. time period. Right. Maybe it wasn't the same it was like a similar fight. very
1: similar thing. Yeah. It's like steampunky he uses steam powered stuff that's suck like the blood out.
0: But the prince stays in this timeline. Oh yeah.
1: He is loving it.
0: He's figured out what cars are. He's stolen a bunch of them. He's a car thief. Yep. His name's Quentin.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And
0: uh, he and Paige are maybe gonna be romantic.
1: We'll find out. Not in this episode, but there's a hint. It's a pretty simple episode, guys. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. This has been Meanwhile Uncharmed.
0: Alright, BMO. Tell us about an affair to remember.
1: Very similar name to Charmed.
0: Yeah, I actually, I noticed that when I was writing this up, but I forgot. That is interesting.
1: So this episode's about three storylines. One is about Lorelai working for her mother, who's throwing a party for Richard's business, and also about Rory trying to find a place to study, and also about Kurt going on a date. The episode starts with Friday night dinner, as so many episodes do. I want to say that I feel like both Lorelai and Rory look great in this scene. It doesn't matter, I just, I like their outfits. mm mm-hmm. Emily and Richard are complaining about their new neighbors, the Richmonds, who are giving out king size candy bars for Halloween, which is throwing off the whole neighborhood balance. Of course, Richard and Emily are giving out full size. They've been doing that for years. But king size just humiliates them. It makes them look silly. So they're they're thinking of going to the homeowners association to complain about it. Lorelai is like, one of your neighbors painted their dog orange and like no one complained about that. And it was really funny. Emily's like, Well, everyone hated taco. Just something about a dog named Taco is pretty funny. I
0: think it was a Chihuahua, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, did you say it was their dog? It wasn't their dog.
1: No, it was their neighbor's dog. Oh, okay. If I said their dog, I was mistaken.
0: They also have a rogue tennis ball machine?
1: Yeah, and that's how they're going to get back at them is it's time for them to go after their tennis ball machine, which is like loud and unpredictable. I don't know what they're going to do, but they're going to do something with it.
0: This is all pretty funny. Just yeah. like rich people neighborhood drama.
1: yeah. I would love to go trick-or-treating in that neighborhood. Yeah. We had like a little cul-de-sac of rich people, not Gilmore rich, but Rockford, Illinois rich. And they gave out full size candy bars. And I would go there at the start of the night and then I'd try to go there again at the end of the night because generally like one of the parents would like, I got the first shift and another one or different family member would get a later shift.
0: That's a good idea.
1: So you get double the king size, not king size, full size. Pretty smart. We'd also change costumes just in case. Wow. Although, if if I'm being real, like, our neighbors knew who the hell I was, so... Even one year, I just, des- this is embarrassing. One year, I decided to go, even though I was too old, not like too old, but I was like, I wasn't trick-or-treating. I was like, maybe too old to be doing that. But I was like, I'll throw on an outfit, and I'll just go get those king-size ones real quick. Keep saying king, but they're full-size. And so I went over there in like this Boy Scout uniform costume that I threw on. And the woman that answered the door was like one of the most popular, beautiful girls at my school. She was like one of the daughters. Ah, uh, so that was sort of embarrassing. Wow. I was like in high school. Like, you probably
0: had a full-ass job. You could buy your own full-ass candy bar. I
1: could. I had a full-ass...
0: Boner? <laughs>
1: Boner. But anyway, I remember just, like, just being like, oh, you're answering the door this year? Okay. That sucked. Anyway, uh, we do find out that Rory has been taking five classes this semester, so she's got a load of work.
0: That seems totally normal to me.
1: Yeah. I don't know if Yale classes might have more of a course load. I don't know, but five does seem normal to me.
0: I think I took six some semesters. Same. I think I never took less than five, except my last semester, maybe? Yeah. And that's because I had, like, a big senior project class.
1: I want to say I took at least five every year. Maybe when I was in Spain, I took four. I don't remember.
0: It depends how many credits they are. 18 credits is a lot.
1: Yeah, we should know how many credits she's taking. That's what's more important.
0: Yeah, like 15, 16 is about normal.
1: Speaking of credits, in the credits, we find out that Digger's back.
0: Ooh. Good segue.
1: And the next scene, Richard and Digger. His name's Jason. It's hard for me not to call him Digger because that's how I, what I learned. Uh, he doesn't like being called Digger, though. So Jason, Richard and Jason are officially signing their papers to start their new business together. And Emily has prepared, like, a ton of stuff for this. Specifically, she set up, like, a big photo session to get a photo of Richard and Digger signing their legal documents together. I want to say this is sort of silly because she, like, makes them wait while she goes and grabs some, like, flowers to put on the desk. But where she puts them, like, is definitely not going to be in the photo. Oh, yeah it's like way to the left of the desk. I'm like that's not in the shot right now. There's also a weird moment where Emily mentions that Digger is starting to grow a beard. It's like, why are we talking about this? You mentioned because you thought like the actor was probably starting growing a beard and it looked a little weird, so they wanted to address it.
0: I definitely remember him with a beard and was weirded out in his intro episode when he didn't have one.
1: That's interesting. So is he going to have a beard for the rest of the show? Then? I
0: think so. But it's just weird that they were like, you know, you should get a beard. Or the actor, like, decided to but didn't have enough time to fully get one. It's just weird to mention it. Like, I know. His
1: stubble doesn't look great, but whatever.
0: It's very light stubble. Yeah. Like, could he have just shaved for this and then started the beard? I don't know how much time there is between when he shows up again.
1: Right. Emily gives Digger an open invitation to attend dinner. So we definitely know we're going to see him at, at dinner at some point. Did
0: you hear that in New York traffic?
1: But even though she gives him this invitation, she doesn't, like, love Jason Diggory. He mentioned that he thought the photo session was, like, a cute idea, which uh, she didn't love hearing. She counters by saying that they'll be very happy to have those photos when the financial papers run a story about them and ask for photos. And Richard makes a point here that Emily is always right about these types of things, and I don't think he's being sarcastic. I think we're sort of being led to to know that Emily has a pretty important function that she's good at in supporting the business in other ways. Yeah. Like, this launch party, we're about to hear about and this photo session and like taking care of these things that like Richard sort of forgets or overlooks yes specifically Emily is also organizing a launch party for the new business with all of their clients and she's excited that she's gonna make it Russian themed which I don't know if we ever touched back on again I don't
0: think they do do that it's very funny though when she says she loves that it's okay to be Russian again yeah (laughs) post cold war I guess right yeah which has been over for quite some time even at this point in the show right
1: yeah for sure Why don't we dive in now into Rory's storyline? Okay. At Yale, Rory's professor is talking about how changing value systems are almost always brought on by conquering people with the explicit purpose of keeping power in the hands of the powerful. You got to wonder if this is what Digger's doing. He's coming in this episode and he's like, hey, we're shaking things up and it's uh, to keep the power in the hands of the powerful himself. We'll find out. The professor also mentions that there was an error in the syllabus, and his students are a week behind on the reading. So Rory's like, oh, I gotta get that reading done, because she's got a million classes, and now she's got extra reading. So she goes back to her dorm, where her roommates are being far too loud and distracting for her to study. Paris is having a fight with Jamie, so he keeps calling, and she's refusing to answer, so the phone just rings and rings and rings and rings, which is awful. They could also just take the phone off the hook. That would stop the ringing. Interestingly, Paris says to Rory that, oh, he thinks he's already president, so I guess that's something he's planning on doing? Sounds like it. Tana is innocently listening to Emily's surround sound, and definitely would shut it off, but like Rory feels, I think, too guilty to make her shut it off. And Janet, that's her name, right? The roommate, Janet? hmm Janet is just exercising in a super squeaky trampoline in the middle of their dorm. I agree with Paris now. You gotta stop this crap.
0: Yeah, especially if you're stinking up the place. yeah. The sound is whatever. Deal with that. But, like, it's weird that you're, like, sweating in the living room.
1: It's also weird to just, like, work out in front of everybody all the time.
0: There must be a gym.
1: Or outside. I understand she's using this to, like, stop her shin splints. So I understand that. But, like, there's got to be room in her dorm for this. Like, in her room. Sorori tries to go home to study, and when she gets there, she finds her mom and Suki are storing a bunch of catering tarts in her room, which we'll get to that later. So she can't study there, so she goes back to Yale when we get a small cameo from Glenn just running through the hallway talking about how everything sucks.
0: I think he's done this before, a couple episodes ago. I'm pretty sure he was walking through the hallway yelling about a different class.
1: I'm excited to learn more about Glenn. Rory decides to go outside and study and finds just the most perfect tree to study under. She, later, she calls her mom and she's just like going off about this tree, how amazing it was and like the light's perfect and how it's like quiet, but not too
0: quiet. I love when lies like, all girls think their tree is perfect.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say that. That was funny. However, the next day when Rory goes back, some dude bro is sitting under her tree reading a trucking magazine. Dude bro? First off, who, who reads trucking magazines? Does anyone? I mean, not a truckers. Yale-y. Yeah, Exactly. What Yale student is reading a trucking magazine? Who is this dude?
0: He probably is just like the Jess of this town, doesn't even go there.
1: Yeah, Jess is big on trucking magazines. Uh,
0: Yeah, he is the trucking Jess. He does have a Jess vibe.
1: He does. I thought this might be like a romantic thing for a second. And as much as this dude does seem like he sucks as a person, Rory does not handle this very well. She's just like, uh, you're sitting against my study tree, so I need it back. And he's all like, no, you're being ridiculous. I'm not going to give it back.
0: I almost kind of don't buy that Rory would say anything, because she seems very non-confrontational.
1: She is stressed, though.
0: If this were me, I would just avoid confrontation and find a different tree. Yeah. And she seems more shy socially than I am, for sure. Yeah. And, like, more anxious. So I just don't think she'd have it in her to, like, confront this person. Mm Mm-hmm. But she really does need this tree. She has like nowhere else to go. You're right.
1: Well, I mean, she does have other trees she could sit against. Yeah, he, like points that out.
0: And I, she's got stupid reasons for not studying at like the library and stuff too. She's kind of being a baby. Yeah. Or just like wear head plugs in your dorm.
1: Eventually at the end of the episode, she comes back. He's there again, reading the trucking magazine again. He didn't finish it. What Yale student can't finish a trucking magazine in one sitting? So yeah, maybe he's a townie. I don't know. I feel like she tries to guilt him a little bit and he's not leaving. And then she's just like, here's $20 and she gets a tree back.
0: And then he bought 10 more trucking magazines.
1: My favorite storyline, though, in this episode is Kirk. Towards the beginning of the episode, he's trying to sell mailboxes, whimsical mailboxes, to Lorelai for her new inn.
0: Like Republican whimsical mailboxes?
1: Well, he's got a bunch. There's one that's just a barn. and There's one that's a sheep. And then there's one that's like Condoleezza Rice.
0: Who's the other person?
1: I, I couldn't tell. But he says, like, oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Condoleezza Rice. and Her big mouth is perfect for just shoving mail in. <laughs> Oh, like It's weird It almost sounds so dirty
0: Or like mean But but he's a fan Yeah he
1: said she's a, he's a fan And you're right There is another candidate Which I thought maybe Was like Bush I, I couldn't tell
0: Maybe it was like Nixon
1: Might have been Nixon I don't know But they have like Elephants on the back So you know what they are But there's no like Liberal Democrat ones
0: Kirk's a Republican I guess
1: I guess Or at least a fan Of some of them
0: She's like I don't know what the inn Looks like yet I can't pick a mailbox And he says Whimsy goes with everything
1: Kirk finds out that she caters and he was like, hey, do you mind catering a date that I have coming up? That's right. Kirk has a date coming up.
0: With his brother's ex-girlfriend?
1: Lulu. Yep. Of course it had to be complicated and weird. Uh, Obviously, Kirk has no idea how dates work. He asks if she can cater at his parents' house in the living room. And she's like, where's your mom going to be? And he's like, in the living room. And she's like, do you want that? And he's like, well, I guess I could make her face the wall. Uh, He's a weirdo. (laughs) Lorelei tells him to take him somewhere else that he feels comfortable. So, of course he picks Luke's. He goes to Luke's and starts to prepare for his date and acts like a goddamn alien. Everything he does at Luke's is hilarious. He has no idea what he's doing. He's totally abnormal. He asks if he could reserve three tables for his date and pick a table the night of. Looks like, you can reserve one, even though I don't normally do that. He's got a diagram of how he wants to set up the tables, so there's no chance of him, like, knocking over his champagne or flowers. He asks a woman if the meatloaf she's eating is good and romantic or if it's getting her hot. Meatloaf gets women so hot, I can tell you right now.
0: I mean, I like a loaf. (laughs) It's no spaghetti. Yeah,
1: it's no spaghetti. It's no
0: potatoes.
1: Luke is mesmerized by all of this. I actually kind of love how Luke reacts to all this, kind of like, what's happening? I'm just going to watch this and be okay with it.
0: He, like, screams at him to leave the meatloaf woman alone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, that's fair. He's asking a patron, like, uh, does that meatloaf get you going? The meatloaf is made out of oysters, so it makes sense.
0: It's very expensive.
1: Yeah. We get to see Caesar in this scene for like one second. He made a tuna melt with turkey and then acted like Luke was the one being dumb.
0: Chefs are like that, yo.
1: Is he surly? Is he going to be like a kitchen Michelle?
0: Mm, I feel like I don't remember Caesar being a negative character. I feel okay. like he's generally joyous, but I, I don't super remember. Chefs don't like to admit they're wrong. They like to blame servers. Okay. Even though they totally make mistakes all the time, too.
1: Stacy knows this because she's a chef.
0: No, I was a server.
1: Yeah, uh, well, then you'd be wrong, so... <laughs> Later, Kirk is filming himself pretending to be on a date so he can watch it later, take notes, and adjust his behavior. It's super funny. He's, like, filming, and at one point he just yells, Cut! That sucked! Let's do it again! He's, it's just so funny to see him like laughing and flirting to nobody, through this camera.
0: They've set up that he's like a director. A they filmmaker. did,
1: yeah. He's also ordering a bunch of stuff off the menu to see what has the best crumb to sweater ratio. I don't know what that means. That doesn't sound like it makes sense. I feel like it's like what is least likely to get crumbs on your sweater, mm-hmm. but it sounds like how much sweater and how much crumb are in this food.
0: Well, who knows what Caesar's doing?
1: That's true. He's making tons of mistakes. Finally, we get to the date, and all of this is also super funny. He shows up in a suit, and he's all like, Yeah, I hear the diners are the new rage. <laughs> like, super fancy. And then he snaps... At Luke to get his attention, which I thought was going to, like, put Luke over the edge. But I don't think he can because he's just like, this is so surreal, I can't be mad.
0: Yeah, Luke's almost, like, playing along with it. Like, as if he takes reservations, he, like, led him to the table. Yeah. Like, he didn't know him.
1: And then Kirk tips him. He's like, there's more where this comes from. (laughs) And when he sits down and hands her the menu, Kirk says, like, you know, I hear the meatloaf is excellent. (laughs) All funny. And somehow, believe it or not, I didn't believe it. The date is going great. It goes fantastic. She's like laughing at his jokes and like touching his arm. Luke is like amazed. He cannot process this. He turns around to Bruce coffee, and then Kirk appears behind him like the fucking Slender Man, <laughs> freaking him out.
0: It's very funny. He just says Luke, and Luke's just <laughs> like, gee. I thought, like, Lorelei was going to come in or something.
1: Yeah, me too. It
0: scared me. It was like a long pause.
1: Kirk is, like, panicking because things are going too well. <laughs> he was not expecting this, and he doesn't know what to do. I can't emphasize enough that this all worked. I thought this was all very funny. Kirk's like, this is not how things are supposed to go. We're supposed to exhaust all my prepared subjects immediately. And then the minute I go to the bathroom, she's gone. But I've gone to the bathroom three times. I didn't have to pee. She's always been there when I come back. But then he says, like, did you see her touch my arm? What the hell was that about? <laughs> So funny. I laughed out loud. I'm so glad I wasn't drinking wine at that moment.
0: <laughs> and Luke's like, I think she likes you. Yeah, and then Kirk's like, you take that back.
1: It's gonna fight <laughs> he him. Starts fighting. By the way, side note, she's loving Kirk's John Cryer from Pretty in Pink Impression, which is a reference that Luke not only gets, but he makes it clear from the dialogue that he's seen this movie and like knows
0: how far in the movie it is.
1: Yeah. We set up in, like, the last episode that he, like, has seen no movies.
0: Maybe he's seen a bunch since then.
1: Yeah, okay, maybe that's true. But also, Pretty in Pink just, like, does not seem like the type of movie Luke is gonna see. We set up that he's seen, like, Matrix and Star Trek and Pretty in Pink, I guess.
0: And Luke says, buckle up, cowboy. I think she might actually touch you again.
1: Oh, I forgot to mention this. Kirk, when he's, like, trying to reserve a table, says to Luke, and if things go well, like, how much to rent your apartment upstairs? Mm -hmm. Oh, that was great. So that's the end of that story. We don't get to see what happens. Does he keep dating her? Can you tell me? I can't tell you. Oh my God. I bet I bet he does, but I bet they break up because he obviously ends up with Lorelai. That's where the show's going. Right. Is that Kirk and Lorelai end up together and having a kid. But I guess we'll have to wait for that. Now it's time to dive into the main story. Lorelai is now facing some more money issues because the stables she wants for her in are going to be more expensive than she had thought. Tom, the moody construction worker, foreman, captain, man, I don't know what his job is exactly. That's it. Yeah, he is back with a ton of bad news estimates for her. That sounds like it's going to cost $1,000 for some bad news. No, he's like, if you want to keep these horses alive and like give them names, you're going to have to like actually spend some money on this. So Lorelai is then forced to accept Suki's suggestion that they cater Emily's launch party. Emily reached out to Suki because she knows Suki is an amazing cook. But it had nothing to do with Lorelai, because unfortunately, Lorelai has never mentioned to her mother that she is running a catering business. So when Suki mentioned that they would do the job, that informed Emily about this.
0: To be fair, they've done, like, two. Yeah, that we've seen at least. Yeah, I don't know that we—I doubt that they've done a bunch besides that Lord of the Rings party. Was it worth telling her mom they catered a kid's party that went poorly? Also, did Luke lie to Lorelai when he said this place would be cheap to fix up? Seems like it's not.
1: Yeah, it seems like very expensive. To be fair, though, uh, why does she need horses? We talked about this. I don't understand why she needs horses at her
0: inn. I think just because it has stables, they're excited that they could have horses. But, like, it's just, horses are so expensive. Yeah, I'm guessing it's not going to be a cheap place to stay at. They only have ten rooms.
1: If you have a horse at your inn, it has to generate X amount of additional income on its own to justify having it.
0: Well, they also are going to be the maids.
1: The horses? Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: <laughs> Season six is weird.
1: <laughs> just horses walking around. Sexy French horses. Well,
0: you added that. I'd stay at
1: this place. Okay. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. Is Lulu a horse? Is that what this is? is
0: well, this- Why would you say that?
1: Because she's... Oh, my God, she is. I don't know. Okay, well.
0: I'll just say a certain neighbor is involved. <laughs> I'm just making a horse pun for okay. a reason to confuse you. <laughs>
1: What's happening? Later, Lorelai reluctantly calls Emily to confirm some details about the catering. Emily gives her, like, a bunch of shit. She's like, your catering name sounds like a different company that went out of business because they, like, poisoned a bunch of people. Should have told me I could have stopped that from happening. So Emily's sort of, like, giving her shit for, like, how come you didn't tell me? And then Lorelai, like, creates this super dumb lie about having have sent a flyer to her through the mail with, like, caricatures on it and like
0: said come and get it come and get it
1: (laughs) and obviously Emily doesn't believe any of that and I don't know like does Lorelai actually believe her mom is gonna believe that
0: I thought it was kind of fun though the way that Emily was like straight manning her yeah or like questioning her lies
1: yeah and what's funny too is that emily it's like oh that's so weird that we never got it you know nowadays mail rarely gets lost which is not true okay number one you and i live in new york we get our neighbor's mail all the time and random people's mail all the time secondly in this show we've set up that the mail system in stars hollow is broken that's true <laughs> we have a mailman that just gives random mail to random people so that's not that crazy at all but anyway, Lorelai makes up this absurd lie, and Emily's like, well, why don't you bring that flyer on Friday? Which, honestly, just make one, Lorelai. I feel like you could get one made in yeah. <laughs> that time. So then Emily just starts listing all the dumb, fancy shit she wants at her party, like linens in white, off-white, and cream colors, simple bone china. I don't know what any of that is.
0: I thought this was a joke, but this is what she all wanted. Lorelai's yeah. just writing it down. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess Lorelai can get all this stuff somehow.
1: Is it just me? I feel like if you have like a white and an off-white and a cream, it looks bad.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't really understand why you'd want three different colored linens.
1: Or if you did want three different colored linens, they should be, like, colors that go well together.
0: Yeah, like white, dark blue, and light blue. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, barely white. It's just, it'll make one of them look like it's dirty. Mm-hmm. Anyway.
0: Let us know, rich people.
1: <laughs> yeah, our rich listeners. Please let us know. Um, and also send us money. We need it. Thank you. <laughs> So then Emily again just starts being like, did you think I'm stupid? You know, if a different catering business had done something like this, I would fire them. And Lorelai's like, well, then just fire us. And Emily's like, what? Huh? Huh? Like, totally nonplussed, doesn't know what to say, shocked. And Lorelai's like, demands that, you know, Emily, you need to treat us like any other catering business. And then you can just hear Emily being like, so be it, which you know's bad. She goes through maids like, like Tic Tacs.
0: Always popping them.
1: Yeah, always popping them. So Emily then demands that they come over for like a taste test to test their services. So they have to go all the way out there with all their stuff to, like, put on a little presentation for Emily. Jump through all these hoops like she would, I'm doing air quotes, for any other catering service.
0: This is the part where Rory comes home to study and Suki's covered her bedroom in test tarts.
1: Yes. She's, like, testing, like, little spinach tarts or something. Broccoli tarts, that's right. I don't understand why she had to make so many of them if these are not finalized
0: she i think she was trying to find the right combination to right. make them perfect but
1: there's a lot
0: yeah maybe you have to make a whole batch
1: yeah maybe so anyway they go to emily's and this is super funny they like go to the front door suki's so excited because the maid answers she's like there's a maid but the maid is so cold to them she's like the servant's entrance is around the back and then she yeah. slams the door <laughs>
0: it's like the one time she's had power <laughs> yeah suki's also just like enamored by the house yeah but you grew up
1: here Suki also notices that there's like a bunch of tennis balls in the yard, which must mean that they're doing something to the Richmonds, or the Richmonds ball machine has sent them over there. I don't know which way we're supposed to read it. That's
0: how I took it. Like the machine's been shooting balls everywhere.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very
0: fun to call back to the otherwise not important intro.
1: Yeah. At the tasting, Lorelai is super awkward and making lots of bad dumb jokes that Emily and I hated.
0: It was fine. No,
1: they're so dumb. She's like, oh, you can adjust these cannons if you want. I made them themselves so you could adjust them. Not up. I mean, well, if you make them tell a lie, they'll grow like Pinocchio's nose. I was like, shut up. What? The show is so well written, but like sometimes they give Lorelai jokes. and I'm like, stop, please. What was funny is Emily at some point was like, I assume you'll instruct your servers not to make these attempts at humor. Mm-hmm. Emily is like drawing out this trial and like torturing them the whole time she takes forever to like say whether the food's good she'll like take a bite and like sit on it for a long time and like make their put their napkin on her lap and she's being obnoxious
0: i like when laurelite goes to the kitchen to get the lobster pot pie which seems delicious by the way and she says to the maid you distract her and i'll take her down (laughs) because the maid's probably not opposed
1: yeah uh, at the end of it, Emily does say, like, Suki, your food is super good. I've written, like, some extensive notes here for you guys on, like, how to fix your presentation and stuff that I'll Xerox for you so you can read it on the way home. Xeroxing it, I think, is what's important here because it's like I'll have my own notes to, like, compare to see if they were followed. Mm. You know, these aren't suggestions. I will be looking for these specifically. So they're ready. They're ready to cater. It went well. They passed the tests. except there's a problem. We find out in a later scene that Richard forgot to tell Digger about the launch party. And Digger has already made plans to take all the clients to Atlantic City for a night of debauchery. This is his idea to like get away from the stuffy old traditions that their types of businesses tend to have. And he wants to do something different and new and exciting that all the clients will remember. But more importantly, like tell their friends about to get them excited about this company. And Richard actually thinks this is like a good idea.
0: I love the line where Jason's like, "Yeah, they'll you know wake up with a hooker in their bed," and Emily's like, "What?" and he's like, "It's just a figure of speech."
1: Yeah, I feel like this episode is really kind of showcasing that he's witty and funny. Uh huh. He had that before, but this time it was like mile a minute jokes with him. I feel yeah. like and Emily's like Atlantic City. There's gangsters there. She's like, let's hope so. <sighs> yeah, all that was that was funny.
0: And Emily's also like, "We're an insurance company, not a rap label." <laughs> yeah.
1: It's also very funny when Digger's like, well, you know, I can't cancel this Atlantic City thing. So Richard cancels the party. And Digger's like, thank you so much, Emily, for, you know, the offer for this party. But now, look at the bright side. You can uh, just hang out and relax. And Emily's like, my two favorite things, <laughs> <laughs> hanging out and relaxing.
0: Emily's never once relaxed.
1: I don't think Emily's ever said the word hangout.
0: out. That was very funny.
1: So Emily has to cancel on Lorelei, which, you know, sucks for everybody. So she goes to Lorelei's house, looks crestfallen as fuck. She's immediately horrified by Lorelei's pants that say juicy on the butt. I remember those pants.
0: Yeah. Do they still make those? Probably. Specifically juicy pants or just like we got a message on our butt pants?
1: Message on the butt pants.
0: I don't think so. But that was definitely a, a big thing.
1: Emily's like, you wear that out? She said that before she even saw the juicy part.
0: I have shorts from my college still. Let's say, my college on the butt.
1: Well, she's like, well, I could change into something else. She's like, what, a brazier that says tasty? <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, it's all funny. She breaks the news to Lorelai that they're canceling the party. She does promise to pay Lorelai back for all their expenses. I feel like the actress does a great job here of, like, showing her humiliation and sadness here.
0: Yeah, I mean, she definitely comes in with, like, her normal tone yes. of, like, I am high status. But you can just see in her eyes before she even reveals to Lorelai the truth that she's sad. Yeah. And then she's, like, on the verge of tears once she gets into, like, how her job as a businessman's wife is sort of obsolete.
1: Yeah, she's clearly hurt by what Digger said and that the fact that this was canceled.
0: Lorelai's like, what's out of style? And she's like, oh, you know, canapes and cocktail parties and the people who plan them. That line's just like, oof. Yeah. And and Lorelai feels bad for her, but since their relationship's, like, bad right now, I don't think she's, like prepared to have to go console her mom. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like she should run after her, though. Yeah. And they should, like, have tea or something. And it's a classic, like, mom thing to do where it's, like, making you feel bad for her, like, mm-hmm. guilt tripping almost. But, yeah. like, in this case, you do actually feel bad for her because, like, it's kind of sad the way Jason and even Richard sort of brushed her aside. And Richard maybe should have known that it would make her upset.
1: Yes. It's tough, though, because, like, she even says that maybe Digger is right, like, that it is the, the smart thing to do. She doesn't know. Yeah. And I don't know if that was a bit of, like, self-deprecation there when she said that, or if she actually feels that way.
0: Yeah. I mean, he might be right, but I don't think that makes her any less hurt.
1: Sure. No. I just meant to say that necessarily he wasn't necessarily a villain, or it wasn't like a, they made a bad choice.
0: She thought it was going to be her best party ever, she said.
1: Yeah. She compliments both of them and says, like, the presentation was great, the food was great, This I was most excited for this party, and um, now I don't get to have it. She
0: said it, it is wrong that she had to cancel on Lorelei.
1: Yeah. That was fun. Not funny, but, like, interesting because Lorelai's like, this is wrong. She's like, yeah, it, it is wrong. And then is like, well, like, as long as you agree that it's wrong. Wait, what? Like, she doesn't know whose side she's on suddenly?
0: Yeah. yeah. I thought the scene was really good.
1: Yeah. So Lorelei and Suki cancel, and they're throwing away all the food that they were unable to freeze, which I don't know why they don't give it to, like, a food shelter or to their friends, but... Whatever. They're throwing away all these little tarts. And this is when Rory comes home and just starts complaining about our tree being occupied by some dude. And she's honestly being kind of a bit much in this scene. Really entitled complaining.
0: Suki, by the way, is throwing the tarts away one at a time. (laughs) Why doesn't she just dump the whole tray in the trash? She's like grabbing them one at a time with her hands.
1: They are her children. She has to say goodbye to each one. Rory's just sitting there like, I'm never. I'm going to flunk out of Yale. I'm not going to be a foreign correspondent. And so finally, Lorelai just like snaps at both of them. She snaps at Suki because Suki was sad they weren't going to use that money for like a super safe van. And she's like, your kid's going to be fine. And then to Rory, she's like, just grow up. Like, stop complaining. You're in college. You aren't two.
0: Yeah, figure something out.
1: Yeah, which I totally is what someone needed to say to Rory. She was being a baby. Yeah. And so then Lorelai just storms out. We don't know where. We do find out it's to give Digger a piece of her mind. This next scene is like kind of weird. I don't know how I feel about it. She storms into his office. Jason is his name, right? Jason mm-hmm. Digger?
0: Jason Styles.
1: Jason Styles. Digger is just his like
0: childhood nickname that's stuck.
1: Yeah, okay. Immediately, she starts giving him shit for not having called her back. She's like, I called you four times. And he's like, well, I haven't seen you yet.
0: Did you get that he's hitting on her in that moment? Because she walks in and he's like, wow, you grew up nice. And she's like, why didn't you call me back? He's like, well, because I haven't seen you yet. Like no, as I as just he,
1: put that together right now. He I, would
0: have called her if he had seen how she looked.
1: That makes sense. I did not realize he was hitting on her right then. Now I feel dumb.
0: You don't have to feel dumb. You should feel stupid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel out of touch and humiliated.
0: You have no idea if a man's hitting on you, do you? No.
1: That make, actually makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, okay, that clarifies that. But it is weird that he says to her, like, oh, the first thing he says to her is, you sure grew up well, which is like, whoa, okay. It's so weird to say you're beautiful, I guess.
0: He doubles down.
1: Yeah. They have some history together, which they slightly alluded to earlier. But we find out that at camp, he, like, tipped over a canoe, and she got all wet and didn't have a bra on, so it showed off her nipples, which made him, like, a hero in his cabin. And she was very mad about that. I don't think she knew about the
0: nipple thing. Maybe she did? I think she maybe did, because this doesn't seem like the first time she's hearing her nickname, which I think is actually kind of funny.
1: Right, but she says, like, I remember that you didn't have a bra on, and she looks, like, shocked, like, what? Mm, I don't know. So she may not have known what umlauts meant. Maybe. These two start fighting, and they're both pretty witty. So they have some good verbal sparring here, and also some like childish fighting. Like he says he'll call her back right now, ask her number. And she's like, "That's one in hundred. Bite me." That's dumb. Uh, she keeps calling him Digger, and finally he calls her Umlots because of her nipples. Because of her nipples.
0: Umlots are the little dots over the letters. And that's he's clever.
1: like, "I let you call me Digger three times before I said it," so I feel like that's that's some restraint. Yeah. He did not realize he hurt Emily's feelings at all or that Lorelai was catering the party. So all of this is, like, very unexpected to him. She's mad at him for, like, not thinking. But, like, how would he have known any of this? If anybody's at fault here, it's 100% Richard.
0: Yeah. Richard was supposed to ask for Jason's guest list. He did not.
1: Well, one, you'd think that if he had planned this much, Digger would have told Richard, like, hey, I'm planning on going to Atlantic City. Yeah. So it's on him for not saying that to Richard. But it's also on Richard for not mentioning, like, we have this huge party plant in the works. So I don't really think it's on him, especially to be this mad. I think she kind of realizes that at some point, but she's just in the moment angry, so she's yelling at him. He invites her to dinner in the middle of their fight. I feel like he knows that he she doesn't get along with her mother because he says, like, I didn't know you liked your mother so much. You're defending her a lot. And then points out that her mother would definitely hate it if she went on a date with him. And then Lorelai's like, huh, she would. And starts to smile and is, like, clearly, like, gonna go on this date with him. And it's like, you suck. But it's like a you suck, like, flirty.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't really like the tone shift you said because she went there to defend her mother and now she's just like agreeing to go on a date with him.
1: Yeah, because she was like, and I get that she's like changing her perspective as like it isn't his fault, but she went in there to like champion her mother, but then leaves and like gets excited about the idea of like hurting her mother. So those two emotions don't mesh.
0: Right. Well, I don't know that like the fact that she felt bad for her mom for an afternoon changed 35 years of torture from her mother.
1: I get that, but, like, she's worked up enough about what happened to, like, go there and yell at him.
0: Probably because it also affected her a lot. Yeah, that's true. And, like, her friend's upset, she's upset.
1: Well, I'm excited to see where this goes.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're definitely a good match, wit-wise, huh?
1: They are. I think it's going to be weird for her to date a guy with a beard, but I'm willing to see where it goes. Sure. So, Stacey, do you think this is a good episode?
0: I do. Mm-hmm. I think it was very funny. Yeah. There's a lot of laugh-out-loud jokes. Yeah. Emily had some good jokes. Digger was very funny. Kirk... So good. Big chunk of the episode was that Kurt date, and that was very good.
1: Yep. That line. Did you see her touching my arm? What the hell was that all about? <laughs> it's not funny.
0: And Luke was, like, reasonable in this episode. Yeah. He wasn't, Grumpy,
1: like... Rumpy, but reasonable.
0: Uh-huh. Rory's storyline was just kind of whatever. Yeah, it was eye-rolling. Yeah, it I was just... Like- it wasn't intended to be about Rory, and they gave her something to do, which was kind of uninteresting and made her seem like a baby. Yeah. So there's that. But I thought that Emily and I scene was fantastic, I liked the scene with Digger at the end a lot, even mm-hmm. though you said you didn't love the shift. I didn't like that
1: shift. I I, I could see her later coming back and being like, it's kind of like Rory did, where it's like, well, I would date you now that I've like calmed down a bit, but I don't know.
0: But yeah, I just thought this maybe was maybe the best episode of the season so mm-hmm, far. Mm-hmm. I feel like there have been good episodes, but there was always something about them that I really didn't like. Yeah. Where this the Rory story was whatever, but like, it was just a really good balance of comedy and like emotion with the Emily thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it was great. It was good. Last week's episode, I think, has a slightly higher IMDb rating. I disagree. This one was more interesting to me. So, Brian, which episode do you think was better?
1: That's tough. Because Gilmore was definitely funnier. Yeah. But Buffy, I think, was more emotional. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to go Gilmore. Okay. The Kirk stuff is what did it for me. It's very funny. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go Gilmore. What do you think?
0: I was definitely torn immediately after. Like, after watching Buffy, I was like, oh, it's probably Buffy. Just because I don't know what this Gilmore is. But then after watching Gilmore, I was like, oh, that was actually very entertaining. But I think because the storyline with Rory was a lot of it and not very good, I think I'm going to go Buffy.
1: What is happening, people? Crossover event.
0: I really liked Gilmore Girls.
1: I think Buffy was good. It wasn't a slam dunk for me going Gilmore.
0: Right. And I'm I'm conflicted because I really enjoyed Gilmore Girls.
1: But it was a good Buffy.
0: hmm The emotion of Buffy was, was very good.
1: And the good acting in Buffy.
0: Mm-hmm. And it felt like an important episode. Like, you lead me to believe that Oz will be back? But I don't know. That could be the end of Oz. Or at least, like, the end of Seth Green being in every episode. Yeah. I I think. So it just, it felt like the close of a chapter.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Rather abrupt, too. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I don't really like Veruca that much.
1: Well, she's dead, so. I know. (laughs) Don't worry about her. We're so close to playing the board game.
0: It's a tough one. But I think we've maybe made the right decisions. We've both given a vote to each, so they both feel loved. Good? Good. If you want to watch along next week, we'll be watching Gilmore Girls Season 4, Episode 7, an Emmy-winning episode, The Festival of Living Art.
1: As well as *Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 4, Episode 7, a I Don't Think It Won Anything episode, The Initiative.
0: In the meantime, we'd love to hear thoughts on the episodes discussed in this podcast. Like, what do you think Oz could have done instead of locking himself in the cage with Veruca?
1: Do you think the digger is smooth? Like, did that come across as smooth to you guys?
0: Where should Rory study?
1: Where did you study on campus? I used to study in the library, and sometimes I'd get sleepy when I studied, and I'd just sleep right there and wake up and go back to studying.
0: I studied it in my dorm.
1: Do you think Veruca's killed people?
0: Oh, yeah. Do you think Veruca's actually singing?
1: That's the question. Let us know. You can reach out to us by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post all kinds of interactive and behind-the-scenes content.
0: And for more bonus content, you can subscribe to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Stacey, where we post weekly video reviews of the show Angel, host monthly livestream watch parties, and share other bonus content. And a shout-out to all of our new Patreon subscribers, Joseph Allen, Kristen McCarthy, Beth McCloud, Karcha Bernard, Carla Viz, Ange Rogers, Amanda Perez, and Alana. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: If you guys want to support the podcast, you can do so by subscribing to our Patreon or by taking advantage of our wine partnership with Wink.com or by making a one-time donation. All these options are linked in the episode descriptions and on our social media bios.
0: You can also support us by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love hearing your feedback, and it really helps us get discovered by even more Buffy and Gilmore fans.
1: And if you leave a review, we'll give you a shout-out on an upcoming podcast.
0: For even more comedy content not related to the podcast, follow us at Brian and Stacey. That's Brian with a Y, Stacey with an EY.
1: That's right. We also make comedy sketches, playboards games and review movies in a similar style to our podcast for all that and more be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel also called brian and stacy
0: if social media is not your thing you can send us an email at brian and stacy reviews at gmail.com
1: so stace i was thinking maybe get some meatloaf
0: okay you gonna make it or are we gonna buy it
1: uh we're gonna buy it and then we're gonna make it
0: okay can we put some barbecue sauce on the side sure I'm really trying hard to make this sexy. I don't know that meatloaf is actually sexy food.
1: No, it's not. Also we can't have sex right now because my dick smells like werewolf.
0: Um that's <laughs> something we should talk about.
1: Bye Buffy the Gilmore Slayer.